When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's that time of week again for Teach Tapes and a focus on the fundamentals that get highlighted in different situations on the field. And last week we focused on being backed up and what that meant for offense, defense, and special teams. Today the focus is going to be on first down open field. And I think this is a situation as a coordinator where most people feel right at home. You spend the most time planning for your base downs, your openers, all those kinds of things. And that's what first down provides for an offensive coordinator. So uh, some interesting things will come through today. Certainly always pulling back the conversation to the fundamentals and the techniques that go along with this. And joining us, as he always does, is the creator of Teach Tapes, Steve Hauser. Steve, excited about this topic today, first and ten. Yeah, Keith, it's a good one to say just get started, get some forward progress. It's always helpful for me and you to talk through this a little bit before the episode, but just the context of what backed up was. Something happened, a penalty, a pooch punt, a turnover. You stopped them in the red zone, and now you've got to build that long field. Well, in the open field, everybody can keep a deep breath. Sometimes it's P and 10, there's a touchback on the opening kick, and we schemed it up all week, and man, we know what we want to start. So I think you're seeing a little bit of that. And, you know, I studied, again, just watching the Alabama-Mississippi State game this weekend, Ole Miss-LSU. You're seeing some different philosophies and styles. Obviously, that's going to make the situation for how and who they are and also a little bit of understanding of who these opposing defenses are conceptually and, and how you can just help yourself get going. When I look at first and 10 and just think about it, especially compared to last week, when there becomes a specific focus for your players, there's a specific objective. There's certain kinds of techniques. You want them to do some things that maybe are a little bit more conservative or you know, other phases, maybe they're more aggressive. But this is a down and a distance where these guys go out and perform like you teach them as you install things, right? This, These are your fundamentals. These are your techniques. We want you to go be playmakers now. And the pressure of it's end of game, it's backed up, it's goal line, whatever, all those things are off. It's the open field. Be a football player. Go make plays. And from a coordinator perspective, the whole playbook is open to you. And so now you can look to take advantage of things that you do the best that are going to keep you ahead of the chains and moving the ball down the field and even potentially create some explosives. And when I look at these as well, it's it's the opportunity. When you think about creating balance in an offense, this is when you do it. You do it on these base downs. You do it on first and 10. You set up tendencies on these downs. You break tendencies on these downs. So all kinds of things that are available to you as a coordinator. And certainly when you look at the other side of the ball, you know, they have a certain perspective in how they're going to approach this as well. So uh, definitely things to think about. And and I know you're going to highlight some of the techniques that really come to the forefront on a first and 10 as well. 
you know, the word that keeps coming up in, in a lot of our conversations, Keith, is complimentary football. Well, you just said set it up explosives, right? This isn't necessarily the first time you're going to get out there and rip a shot, but you're going to set that up. Like there's a narrative. You're, this is the introduction to your story of how you want to make those other big plays later on. Maybe it's coming with some tempo and, and stringing together some success and, you know, creating your own momentum. Maybe it's the play action shot later on. It's getting to an uncovered situation, but you're still working to the same concept. I say that like the first game I watched was Bama and Mississippi State and Mississippi State's defense. They're wrecking the front a lot of different ways. And Bama's thing was, man, we just want to get outside of it. Understand we're blocking our area. We're getting first level emphasis and up to the second level and we'll pick up what comes. Well, that path of the running back we've talked about before, like low beams, high beams of that ghost tight end path. Well, sometimes you're in the pistol and you get a backside snap from the quarterback or the center to the quarterback. And he's stretching out there really trying to hand off the baton like he's running the the four by four. So this is something where, again, it all adds up because there's a reason behind it. And Bama, a lot of different ways, came back with some shots, understanding of how to get that outside stress. Sometimes they went tempo and empty and just ran a now screen to that running back in a cluster out in space. At the end of the day, they're trying to get their athlete in space away from those unpredictable situations and start to set themselves up for success. Now, Mississippi State, that's not their game, their game right? They want to play in space, make one isolation read, and make sure they can help themselves. And they're watching Bama's defense go against the max splits of Tennessee. And Mississippi State's doing a great job of the old school air raid of we'll scat the front side running back, play off the expansion of the mic, flare it out. Man, we'll bang the stick route with the inside receiver. And man, we can play fast. There's other ways of just making sure they can complement things with Ole Miss going against LSU and some of those four eyes they're playing in the three down. Man, they're running every different way of quarterback run, arcing the four eye and having some jet sweeps and things. So again, they've had it all week to focus on those situations of how are we going to take what we've seen in a base situation and build a story for the whole game. There's a lot of things you bring up there. Tempo was one of them, right? When you look at all the tempo tools and specifically one word calls, you're going to get a lot of those on first down. You will get some tempo on third, some teams alike on a third and short to do certain things with tempo but usually you know as you those distances get longer those situations you might you might slow it down a little bit but you know once that ball is moving down the field the chains are moving I mean how many times do you look at film and see wow the chains aren't even set and this team's going right I mean you see you know on cutups you can't always tell how fast the team is moving but when you watch those chains like they're not even set this play was ripped off really fast and that's where all these tools that you work on and put together they become the showcase on these downs. More than anything, it's really eliminating that D-line get off and, and pass rush and stamina, right? Like there's a reason people aren't dropping back and running true wide cross first and 10 much anymore. Even Ole Miss, when they are getting in these true drop back sets, they're given a little bit of a flash fake. All it is is to, to draw those backers in, keep their eyes a little bit longer, or they're running a turn protection with the guard. But there's something different of a little bit of semblance of we're not on our heels. Because the last thing you want to do, we talked about known passing situations with Sean McVay and Matt Stafford a few weeks ago. Well, why would you ever want Will Anderson to know to pin his ears back? I mean, we'll get to that stuff on third down. you got to live with it in those situations. But also, like, that number 18 number at LSU, that is the honor number, right? And that's their defensive end that literally dropped that tackle at Ole Miss in the lap of Jackson Dart twice. 
right? So why give those guys a free chance when you can have a little bit of control on your side? And, you know, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine, Bodie Reeder, and he was at Auburn with, with Coach Harson, and he was at Oklahoma State with us and Eastern Washington and North Texas, all these different tempo organizations. His thing was, how do you, you know, just keep a defense on their heels? And that's not always going fast. It's changing up the pace of things. You're seeing a lot more of the speed breaks coming out of the huddle, going slow and then going fast. So, yes, there's the gander, the look over stuff. But, again, that is in the offense's control in this world, which is, which is a nice setting to be in for those offensive guys. I think back to our use of tempo and things we would like to do and running the same play again. It worked. You ripped off a first down or a big gain and run it again, right? And it works again and run it again. What do you have, a man, that you've, you've got that advantage now that you can use tempo to move them down the field? Now, I do think defenses have gotten much better. They've adopted a lot of the tools that we have on offense to uh, be able to match tempo with tempo. But at the same time, I think then you look at things you can do to counter that. Like, we started to think about tempo. And again, a, a lot of it, I feel, is like the... When you're ahead of the chains, you have more of the opportunity to do this. And first, first and 10 gets you started. We started to think about counters to the tempo. So if I'm doing something very fast and we run that same play and we run it again, procedurally, what can we do to make it feel like we're going there again and then we run something else? So a particular example I'm thinking of, I love this example. It just worked out textbook. You know, we start with an outside zone play we pick up 10 plus, run it again. I mean, up to line, run it again, pick up 10 plus, run it again. Third time, I'm not going to push it too much because we, we gained the first down again. The chains are moving. I mean, they're not even set, but we had within there and, and really our players helped us come up with, with some of these ideas. You know, I always told them, ask what if, like, don't be afraid to ask what if coach. And, and some of these came up that way. So then we went to uh, within our procedures. Now, you look at our sideline, it looked like all kinds of things were going on. So you would see, reading from left to right, you'd see a board that had, it was in black, and it had just a city or a state in black letters. Um, next to it had a, a red NFL team mascot in, in red letters. And then there was a series of signalers. And last, there were two signalers, and then the last thing you saw was a picture board, like the quadrants, right, like everybody uses. And, and really what our first board was was our tempo and that became very good for us in in that when you think about any call what makes it faster is you only need to know certain parts of it so if you don't want to change the formation why signal it all in again right so in this case they look at that city state and it was an s i can't even remember the words that were up there it didn't matter s meant just go to the the signal and get the play that's all you need is the play because we're changing the play stay in the same formation and so we could move really fast and the feel was they just ran the same play three times in a row they lined up just as fast they got to be doing it again but then we rip off a counter and it gains 10 plus and then so we run it again and it gains 10 plus and they call timeout because we're now we're we're down by the goal line and so another tool we use there, it's a first and goal, is we went with a two-play sequence in, in the, or, you know, from the sideline, and all they do after that first play is look over, and either it's on or it's off, and they're getting a whole new play. And at that point, I wanted to see, okay, we're going to run 
outside zone opposite way now i want to see flow to the outside zone and then we're coming back with naked and we got it you know he didn't get in on that first play but i saw what i needed to to say stick with it so they just look over they're sticking with it and lining up fast again so the feel is they're running the same play again they've been doing this down the field and we run the naked and and the guys standing in the corner of the end zone you know junior high open nobody on them because even the corner even the corner was rallying to to the football. It was it was amazing how it worked, but it was the product of tempo, and we could do those things because we were ripping off first downs. Right, we're in that first and ten situation, and so it's just you know, as a play caller. I mean, everything's wide open for you, and it's the opportunity to use all the tools at hand to really put pressure on a defense. Even just in your state of mind on that, Keith, like you were talking with confidence, right? Because you're building a drive even as a play caller, right? What are the kids feeling? Confidence, man, we're, we're hitting chunks. We're hitting being efficient. Well, now let's go for the jugular and have that play action, right? You're going off of the, the now to a three-by, and you're releasing those two blockers for the pump, and you're looking to take that seam and gash it. We're running divide zone, and we run a little bit of a leak with that divide runner and we're blocking backside with those receivers because the ball's not thrown past the line of scrimmage. Those are little things that can set up a play and it's not complicated because it's within your structure. It's within your base area. Now, you know, leave it to Lane Kiffin to, to try to pull out the, the heavy hitter on the trick with the tempo. And we called this Raider. So Raider throwback was to a three by side to the field. You're running your flare screen or you're getting that ball out there and now the outside zone action is back to the boundary and you're setting your quarterback up to get the ball thrown back. But we'd always make sure the throwback was to our offensive sideline. So Ole Miss pulled that one out. They even did a nice job of motioning in that receiver that they were going to have for the double pass to create kind of a condensed bunch to have a little bit of protection to catch and throw that thing back. So it's interesting of you have your base concepts that are part one, part two. And I saw a lot of well done compliments to that no matter what their style of offense was bringing this into the area of the fundamentals in these opportunities don't care if it's the run game the pass game screens you want your players to maximize yardage these are the things that you know you're you're going to work on with your players it goes in in camp maybe it's installed in circuits but you got you want these guys now on a first down getting that maximum yardage that sets you up for second and third in, in situations. Again, you're ahead of the change. You're, you're continuing to move the ball down the field. And as the play caller, when these guys do this, it keeps your playbook open. It doesn't limit you to certain things that you have to call in certain situations. When that ball's outside, if I'm a receiver, right, and I, I now get the ball in my hand, I'm an extension of the running game. If there's an issue with the box count, the read has determined that this is where the, the most grass is, however people want to frame that. Well, obviously the, the ball placement by the quarterback gives me a great chance, but the blockers have to know where this runner's going, whether it's a bubble or now. We always talked about a five-yard intent upfield and running towards the ticks. So those receivers know that they're blocking through the nose of their man with an outside intent. The way we labeled that was a one was an inside shoulder, a two was down his nose, and a three was an outside finish. So in the spit out, we're talking about blocking a two to a three and understand that the intent of this runner, just like the outside zone track for the running back, we're trying to make that three over two rep. And we did that in a group setting 
you know, once a week. I think it was on Wednesdays with the receivers and the DBs. Now, you can see the, the cutbacks inside, and everyone wants to think they're, you know, putting a great juke, and, and now you're putting the ball and, you know, the team at risk to, to want a big hit, but also you're getting that alley filling of the safety or even a pursuit player coming from back inside the box. You're a little body against the big body. So that stuff as well sets up those pops and those actions where we talked about over pursuit on the throwback or anything like that, but just small gains and shaving down those yardages after the catch. There was a great rep of George Kittle talking through at tight end U of just the attitude and intent of finishing along the sidelines. Yeah, you can take the easy way out or, hey, it's an attitude and effort play for those big bodies to make sure they can fall forward for those four or five yards. But also there's a great drill that the, the Giants and the Rams have done is just the quick, however you want to get to it, right? Uh, an arrow, um, a bubble, and now, and those guys are fighting through initial contact, and now they've got dummies and they've got those pokers to go through. Body ball boundary, that ball's in my outside hand along the sidelines, and I'm getting some restraint to stay vertical and firm up the ticks and get those extra yards. So I think it is important from a small detail standpoint, how do we contribute along the edges of the field? Yeah, when you think about it, there's there's all these drills that you can do. To me, it's uh, I always say it, it's the the drills and the techniques that you teach that when the the when the line runs out on the diagram, right? Because at some point you're stopping and putting just the arrowhead on it, or or the blocker, or whatever. Like it's all the things that happen afterwards now that are going to create those opportunities. You know, for the for the guy with the ball, obviously it's it's the run, you know, run after catch or you know, run after contact yardage. For the offensive line, you know, it's it's understanding how you get downfield and find that next block. And we would always call it, man, I learned it. I can't tell you. Like in my first years of coaching, I had a coach who would just always refer to it, get to touchdown alley, right? Like if you're the backside mm-hmm. guy, you've done your job and, and now you got to get downfield and look to make that block find work, right? Well, where do you go? You're, you're going to get to a certain point where potentially that guy may squirt out and now you're there to make that touchdown block. So from that perspective, I think a lot of those fundamentals that where do these fit? They're not in necessarily within any particular play. They could be within all plays, but they certainly get highlighted in these situations where, uh, again, you're calling on your athletes to not necessarily have to worry about the objectives of a situation because things are wide open for them. Go make plays and maximize everything you can do as an athlete. All this space that we're talking about on the offensive side, and, and I know that's where my and your brain gravitates to, Keith, but through some of these drills, the defense, just the attitude and effort of their pursuit angles, and doesn't matter if it's an outside run. And, you know, we've talked about the backside corner, that effort and intent, that shows what your defense is really doing. How many hats do you have around the ball at the final frame? Well, from a drill, and that's just like a meeting room intent that you can call out with the clicker in your hand. But John Haycock always talked about at Iowa State, everyone can put in this three safety defense. It's how you rally to the football. If you have all these hats in space, that's what made them different is the relentless pursuit to go after and hunt down that football and try to create turnovers and rally and and gang tackle. You see in the drills, there's a rep with the Eagles. They're retracing off of these fast screens, and now they're trying to have that ball on the inside hand, and they're trying to peanut Tillman and punch that thing out. There's a rep of the Chargers. Is that guy deep setting, or is he putting his foot in the ground and getting out, and they have to make that snap decision? There's a lot, and you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks, everybody's got their old school, you know, the down up and then and work to the cone and take an angle. 
a great thing I heard during a clinic was speed beats power, angles beat speed, and over the top beats angles. So if you're talking about how you can find the football, well, everybody's got their different physical traits and, and personal skills. Well, understanding how we all fit to the football matters more than anything on defense. Absolutely. In you know, looking at that side of the ball, thinking of some of the, the clinics I've seen here in, in the last year or two, one that comes to mind is uh, Manny Diaz. And this is when he started at Penn State. This was at Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. And he made the, the point that most of the tackles for loss are going to be roll tackles. When you look at, okay, it's first down, we want the opportunity to put these guys behind the chains. And the defense defensive line or somebody who comes clean here now is looking to use that type of tackle in this situation for that tackle for loss. And the other one was from Vince Digitano, who's at Fordham. Vince is a, a tackling expert, and the one thing he always talks about is engage blocks, right? The guys in the box, a high percentage, I, I know it was over 70% of the blocks that, or the tackles they're going to make are going to be when they're engaged with a blocker and they have to come off of that mm-hmm. and make the tackle, right? So it's, it's you know, a defensive lineman. It's working that one-arm tear, right? And thinking about what really he got me in tune with is, like, you know, it's this goes beyond just running your tackling circuits. It's these situations that these guys are in on the defensive side of the ball that they need to work those too, right? So for the defensive line, those roll tackles to make a tackle for loss or the one-arm tear to be able to, you know, be engaged and getting off that blocker and still get a piece of the guy. And even things like, you know, out in space, he always talks about productive misses. Sure. That a miss can be okay if you think about what does it do? Like he didn't bring him down, but the guy stopped his feet and had to redirect, and all the help was coming, and, and they got him right there. So while that guy may have missed, he did accomplish an objective that allowed for that play to be made and, and no further yards to be gained. So so many things that we think about. Our circuits, probably a lot of them are, are set up for these, what I'd call just base situations, right? Where, as I said, it's, it's first and 10. There's no other objective for the offense then we need to move the ball down the field and the defense we got to stop them right it's not put to the critical situation a third down and we need this to get off the field or to keep the chains moving and there's so many things to unpack there Keith and I love the direction you take it of like it's running and tackling right so how are we trying to get away from people and you know we just talked about all this stuff on offensive playing on the edges and, and working away from those pursuit players well that's what red line tackling is right that's what circle chase is like these drills that have been done by the Belichick tree for so long is how do you rally, you know, go from long stride to short stride, play same foot, same shoulder, and press that hip. You talk about good misses, so to speak. Well, Jim Knowles talked about that at Ohio State in the spring of do you rep tackling all the way to the ground? No, we, we press the hip and we play with angles, and we don't have to tackle all the way to the ground. We can do it in drills productively, but, man, we better be playing with angles. We better make sure that we understand where our fit is. So – even those little things of on the other side of the ball from offense, where are the takeaways coming from? You know, Chad O'Shea, I think does a great job of mixing up these different reps with his receivers of where's the, the issues within our ball carriage. Is it with a stiff arm? Is it coming downhill on an inside route run, right? We're, we're now getting into the traffic of the play and just keeping those fresh for even a two minute segment of his own individual. If that's something that's important in their room. So breaking down the game film and understanding where that situational rep is going to come in from a tackling standpoint 
because there's nothing worse than being up in the booth and being like, hey, why did that become an explosive? Well, we just missed the tackle, guys, right? That's the fit. And now that three-yard gain is a 13- or 15-yard gain. So we can talk all this sexy scheme of these high-powered SEC offense, but, yeah, are we going to fit the play right and tackle the ball? And that's the core of what we should be talking about is technique. Well, Steve, to put a cap on this, first down is really where the game plan starts, both sides of the ball. And because this is where the game plan starts, where the practice plan starts, it's where you work your techniques, the stuff that you're going to be running as part of your base, call it your base offense here. It's all going to start within the first down, and those are the things you want to be good at. You want your players, obviously, you know, these are going to be the plays that you run over and over, right? You're not taking first down and scheming up a whole bunch of things. Uh, Certainly there might be window dressing on it, and that's where you expand from. I love what you said there, the window dressing, Keith, because it's taking something that you're confident, the kids are confident in, and making it fit the right situation. And what you just said of a game plan to a practice plan to your individual plan, well, you should be really confident in this situation because it's who you are for all the days that we are in the office or you're thinking about football. Well, how are we going to be productive and be efficient? And all these other metrics that you can fill a binder with in the offseason, well, it starts on P and 10 and how you use your momentum in the open field before the context of what we talked about last week and will build into the positive side of the field is now you're playing a situation and you got to understand third and long, man, my back's up against it. How am I going to, to to move forward in the space that is allowed, right? Is it sometimes playing the field position game and knowing that if the drive ends in a kick, then we'll, we'll be all right. We can keep playing, right? But this is where you get to be really confident and put your type A versus theirs because you've invested the right time in it in these smaller segments, in these smaller drills we're talking about. Well, we will continue walking the field and looking at these different situations as we wrap up the season here. I think in in this series, we've got uh, maybe four more weeks of this, and it's been fun so far, but we'll continue walking the field as we have. And Steve, I appreciate the time you took to put these together. And like we've been doing here the last few weeks, Be sure to check the show notes for the link to the Twitter moment, which will curate uh, a lot of these drills that Steve talked about here. Awesome, Keith. Looking forward to it. Thanks again. 